welcome you to another uh, podcast episode of How Great Shall Be My Joy. This is Alan Cook in North Bethesda, Maryland, and I am delighted and excited to have my good friend Michael Say on the phone. We're going to talk to him about his conversion, some of the missionary experiences he's been involved in. I will tell you straight up, this is one of the best men that you'll ever hear from, and he is one of the best member missionaries on the planet. I will tell you going into this, and I think Michael knows this. If not, I will disclose it to him right now. But when uh, when Elder Russell M. Nelson was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, he came out and visited the Washington, D.C. stake where Michael and I live. And I sent him after some wonderful, this is a few years ago, I sent him a copy of one of my missionary books, and I, I made the suggestion that Michael Say would be a great speaker for General Conference. And I, and I, think, I think what happens... I think when you when you do that, they probably put your name in a file that says, don't ever have this guy speak in general conference. But I told him I'd be happy to speak. And I said, Michael's even better. He'd be great, you know. And I gave him a couple other names. But Michael, welcome to, to this podcast. I'm delighted to have you on here um, and thrilled to just have you as a guest here. I really am. Thank you, Alan. I love you and your family, too. And we've been a great friends over the years. Thank you. Do you do you want to tell people a little bit just like who you are and what you do, both professionally and, and anything else you want to say, and then we'll talk a little bit about your own conversion. Sure. I've been in uh, the real estate business here in the Washington, D.C. area for the past 40 years. I worked uh, as uh, in construction part the first time, uh, helping people buy homes, uh, uh, do uh, extra work orders, things like that, and... Uh, then I got into the sales side of it, and we took a small little company, and we built it up into a pretty good mid-sized company, and we ended up uh, selling it off to uh, Long & Foster, a big company, and then Long & Foster sold to Warren Buffett. And so now, I two and a half years ago, I broke off from that, and my son and I now sell real estate together here in the Washington, D.C. area, and we love it. That's wonderful. That's one, And it's Michael Say Holmes, I believe. At least that's yeah. how I've seen it. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, Michael State Homes at Compass. That's, That's terrific. That's yes. terrific. How how long have you been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Ellen, I've been a member of the church for 36 years, and it's been the happiest 36 years of my life. How, how old were you when you joined? I was 31 when I joined the church. How did you hear about the church orig originally? Originally, I heard about it because the lady I married, my wife, um, we were married at um, Francis. Uh, we were married in a regular church service um, in an LDS church. I was not a member. She was. And we were married there. No death do you part. And I never even really thought about it at the time. I grew up being Episcopal. And I was an acolyte in the Episcopal church. And I used to go with my mother all the time. And and then, um, so Francis and I got married, and uh, it's interesting, uh, we had, uh, I didn't know, um, we tried to have children, and we couldn't, and so Francis said, can a friend of mine in the church come over and give me a blessing, and I said, sure, I didn't even know what a blessing was at the time, sure. and, and uh, he came over and gave a blessing and then several months later, she was expecting our first child. And we afterwards had uh, three other children. We were very blessed. And when we had the uh, our fourth child, our um, third child, um, 
uh, died suddenly in a drowning accident, which was very devastating, and uh, it almost broke me. And I can tell you something personal. When we were standing, his name was John, he was three years old, and around the neighbor's pool. And what happened was we were in the emergency room at Eddie Grove Hospital, and um, we were, the doctors said they tried to do everything they could, and they gave John to Francis to hold him one last time. And um, he, uh, Francis was talking to him about, like, where he came from. He was here at this brief time on this earth, and then he was now returning back to his Father in Heaven. And Alan... I want to tell you, when I heard that, when she was talking, all of a sudden this peace came over me, and I had no idea what it was. As a matter of fact, I felt so guilty about feeling this much peace. I know now that was the Holy Ghost. No, I then I just started uh, saying, what in the world is going on? Why do I feel? And um, so then I went we, after that. I, I was just, like, devastated. You can imagine losing a child and... Uh, Well, I got to be honest with you, I cannot imagine, I have four kids, and I cannot imagine what it's like to lose a three-year-old to a drowning accident. Um, Yes. I mean, that's, that's, they say losing a child is is the toughest thing you face in life. Um, Exactly. You know that better than I, but I am totally in awe of of how you handled that. Tell, Tell everybody a little bit more, you said this peaceful feeling. Can you describe what it felt like the, the best you can? Yes, as she was talking about, and now I know it's God's plan of happiness, the plan of salvation, where we came from, why we're here, and where we go after this life. It just felt like just peace. I just felt a calmness come over me. I felt a stillness, and I felt a love come over me at that time. Sitting in that dark hospital room that night, I just, uh, I'll never forget it. Wow. And then what happened was after the burial and everything, about two weeks later, um, or maybe three weeks later, a friend we invited us over, our home teacher, and he asked if we would like, if I would like to know more about uh, where John was and, and take the missionary lessons and learn more. And I had been asked this before in the past. As a matter of fact, I used to, when the missionaries used to come up the street, I would go out the back door because I was like working <laughs> Seven days a week, and I just didn't have time for anything else in my life. I was like a workaholic, and I had my priorities wrong, you know, and, and I realized that then. And, and so when Joe asked me, uh, he's, I said, I would, and he leaned forward and said, you would? Like he was <laughs> guessing that he really heard what he heard, and I said, I would. And you know that uh, I started the lessons, there were at that time six lessons, I guess it was like the third or the fourth lesson. I felt peace during it. But when they talked about uh, God's plan of happiness and where we came from and um, why we're here and where we go after this life, again, I felt that same peaceful feeling in the hospital room. And I didn't even know the Book of Mormon was true at that time. I knew it was that they talked about it being another testament and it seemed good. I know now absolutely it's true because I've studied it. I've read it many, many times over the years. But... Just on that peaceful feeling, um, I knew that what was being taught to me was true. So Joe baptized me then uh, about in August 15th um, of that year, and uh, 1984. And uh, is, this, he, is this is this anybody I might know? I moved here in no, 89. Yeah, Joe Alfandre. Oh, what a great guy! Okay, he was, a one, he was uh, Francis's bishop. Uh, 
to, and uh, he was our home teacher and just amazing man. What and, a great guy. And, okay. And what happened was, was like a year later, I didn't know. Remember I mentioned in the beginning about families being together forever? Yeah. Oh, death do you part. That's what I meant. But, but I, they said we could be together forever. And we went to the Washington, D.C. Temple, which is right on the Beltway here in Washington. I went there with my wife, Frances, and our other children. And we knelt at the altar, and um, we were sealed by one who had the authority through the priesthood of God for all time and eternity. And Alan, that was the happiest day of my life. We all held hands, our other children, and Joe stood in his proxy for my son, Johnny, who passed away. Wow. We were sealed, and uh, it was just like, I was almost like floating. It was, the spirit was so strong. And then they ended up having a testimony meeting in the temple uh, there in that room. And it was just, people were just sharing their witness of the Savior and that the families can be together forever. And it was just uh, amazing. And so I never looked back. I, and the more I go forward with the church over these all these years, the more I just absolutely know the Lord's church. And what I also... Like coming back home, when I heard that we lived with our father in heaven and a mother in heaven before this life, I just knew that was true. It was like coming home, it was like my veil on my eyes were opened uh, because that just made so much sense that we just didn't flare into existence at birth. Uh, I know that to be true, and that's something that really touched my heart too. Give me the give me the scenery here as though I'm a fly on the wall. You, you're over in the temple getting sealed as a family. There's there's you yeah. and Francis. Yes. Your three year old boy John has passed away. How many other kids are there around this altar? At that time, we had Emily, and which was our newest baby that was born uh, right before John passed, and Catherine and Michael, and they were all little. They were all like under. Five, six or down below, and then Joe Alfandre, um, you know, stood in as a proxy for John, and uh, Francis and I held hands, and they all held hands at the altar. We all held hands together, and uh, the uh, priesthood authority, uh, the temple sealer, sealed them for all time and eternity, and that was just like it was just amazing. It was, and we then um, just felt the Savior's love in that room. We felt peace. We felt happiness. We felt joy. All those emotions. And it was just incredible. Uh, see, that's such a, a wonderful story to hear. And I, I was, I, let me ask you this. Um, you are one of the, uh, the most kind, charitable, gifted people that I've ever seen. And you have a, a wonderful sense of being able to kind of share what you found in the church with other people. Um, have you got a story of any, any of these many experiences you've had where you've been able to kind of forward this on to somebody else and help them learn a little bit about, about the church like you did? I do, and it's the way the Lord puts people on our path. I was, uh, in uh, 1995, I was uh, in our home. We were selling our home at the time, a different home. Um, and uh, a man walked in. His name was Jim Glock, and he saw the picture of the Savior in our foyer, and he said, oh, are you Catholic? And I said, no, we're not Catholic. We're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I think at the time I said, I'm Mormon. He right. said, well, what do you all believe? 
And then he, I said, well, go look at us. He walked through the house. And at the end, I said to him, I said, I'd love to have lunch with you to share more you know, about uh, the church and about uh, God's plan of happiness. And he said, uh, that would be nice. I'll have lunch with you. But he said, I was born a Roman Catholic, and I'm going to die a Roman Catholic. And we love the Roman Catholics, by the way, too. Sure. But I, that's wonderful, I said, Jim. And so he... Um, then went uh, left, and we had lunch there the following week. And I asked him if he would have the missionary discussions. Uh, there, there was the six discussions. I said he could stop at any time, uh, but he, but he didn't want to leave this earth without hearing about God's plan of happiness and uh, and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now he has, now he he told you that, or you told him that? No, no, I told him that. Okay. I told him. Okay. And then he, he told me again at lunch, he said, I, he said, I'll listen, but he said, I'm not leaving my church. He said, I'm just, ha- I'm happy and so forth like that. And so we met at the visitor center and a man named Simmons Armstrong was there and myself. And he met with the missionaries there. We were in one of the teaching rooms and he, he we taught him lesson one, lesson two, and then lesson three, he came back for, and then he called me up. He said, I want to talk to you. He said, I'll tell you what it is when I come back for lesson four and he came back and that night he walked into the uh, for his fourth lesson and he said Mike he said I know this is God's true church and I said what do you mean Jim he said Mike he said I've woken up numerous times uh, over the past week in the middle of the night three o'clock in the morning and I had this peaceful feeling come over me, and the Spirit told me that this is the Lord's church and you need to be baptized. And I stopped up to myself, wow, that's happened to just anybody. And so Jim, Jim says, what do I do next? And I said, well, you need to be baptized. And he said, like, where? What do you mean? And and, and then he said to himself, he said, oh, my gosh, what is Rosalie going to say? That's his wife. And it was wonderful. We love Rosalie. We close with her. So I walked with Jim next door to the stake center that um, was the chapel and we he walked down in the, into the font as I remember it, but you know it was just that's where it was he walked down and he said well when could I be baptized and, I, and so the elders set it up for like a week later and uh, I was so blessed to be able to um, baptize Jim into the church of Jesus Christ the Latter-day Saints and then uh, be able to um, give him the gift of the Holy Ghost and confirm him a member and then after that go through the temple a year later with him uh, so he could have all his temple blessings uh, to, uh, to himself and so that was that was right and today he's him and I are great friends today so many many years later and he's active in the church and just loves the church that's wonderful that's wonderful I would you make a comment you said something that is uh, something I would say in the first paragraph if I ever gave a talk about this you mentioned that the Lord drops people in your path yes I believe that as well I'm a very big believer in that so I think sometimes members of the church make it too hard and they think that they have to either be, you know, great extroverts or great salespeople or, or be able to, you know, answer every question that anybody might have out there. And my experience has been quite the opposite, and that is that the Lord knows you, He knows me, He knows our history, He knows our talents and our weaknesses and whatever, and He takes us in the life that we have and drops people in front of us that we have either something in common or we're going to be able to relate to them in some way, and yes. that it just makes a connection. Is that something, does that sound familiar to you too? 
Absolutely. And when you said that, I thought of another story. I was at Suburban Hospital. This is uh, after I became a member of the church, probably two or three years afterwards. And I was sitting in the emergency room. Our son had cut his uh, forehead open and there was a lady sitting next to me. And again, that this, the Holy Spirit said, share the gospel with her. Alan, he said, the Spirit said to me three times, share the gospel with this lady. And I was thinking to myself, I don't even know this lady. What am I going to do? And finally, I just took out like a little pass-along card. And I said, I'm Michael Say, and I just wanted to give you this little temple pass-along card. And I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she said, oh, do you know the Archibalds? And I said, yes. Her name was Anne-Marie Quick. And um, I uh, set up, uh, she then wanted to know more about the church, and uh, we set up, uh, we took by a French book of Mormon uh, the next day to her house, and then she ended up being baptized, and also her children too, which was just amazing. And that's, that's right there where it happened, um, and that's uh, just from uh, listening to the Spirit, and then opening my mouth and saying something. And I'll share one more if you got another no, one. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you another one. Sure. Let me ask you this. You're, I assume yes, you're talking please. about. I assume you're talking about Nolan and Margaret Archibald. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. How did she know them? She knew them through their kids, through school. Okay. Nolan, as uh, president and CEO of Black and Decker Corporation, is a member of the church and a wonderful man. Um, he is. A, I, he is a very good friend of yes. mine, and I assume that's who you were talking about. Yes. So, yeah, they're they're terrific people. Yes, yes. All right, go ahead. Give me your third story. Well, this another one is where and this one just happened recently within the past few years. I was um, uh, walking, and uh, I take a walk maybe three or four miles a day. Try to five days a week, and I was walking, and I was listening to one of the past prophets of the church talk about how God puts people in your path, just like what you were mentioning before. And I had my headphones on, and I had walked by these four homelets for the past uh, probably months, months and months, and it was October. It was getting cold in the year, so I stopped and I said, are you, "How are you guys doing? Do you need anything?" And, and you said, uh, "You said homeless people, right?" Yes. Okay. There were four homeless men. They were sitting right up by the library um, in northwest Washington, up in Tenley Town, area of Tenley Town. So I got, uh, they said we would love winter coats. So I bought one winter coat. I got some other people to get some nice winter coats for them. And then I asked them if they would like to go over to the visitor center. So they went over to the visitor center. Um, and uh, they had a great time there. And then this one man, Timothy, who was sort of like their leader, but I could tell he was sort of angry in a way about life. He had been on the streets for 14 years. Um, he was used wow. to be a boxer here in D.C. and fought a lot of the top uh, contenders in boxing over the years. But then he made some bad choices, and then he ended up being on the street, Timothy. So I helped him a little bit with helping him get uh working with his uh, lady who um, was a social service person and helped him a little bit just getting a deposit, not a deposit, but a rental application in on an apartment to see if maybe he could qualify and a few things. Well, anyway, the Lord opened the door for Timothy and Timothy was able to get an apartment here um, downtown in Anacostia. So um, I got my green van, I loaded up a bed and I got... Um, some other things, chairs and things like that, and other people donated things I, uh, from my company. And uh, we took uh, Timothy down there, and I had the missionaries down there on the other end to help us unload. Right. 
Timothy asked and the missionaries um, if he could, uh, he, I asked him, would you like to learn more from these elders? And uh, Timothy said, you know, I would. He said, I would like to know more. Do you know that Timothy took the lessons and then on a cold January day, and this was a Saturday, because I remember it was cold outside. We went and he had wanted to be baptized, he said. He felt the spirit, he felt he needed to change his life. I took Timothy, and Timothy's a big guy. He was like over 300 and some pounds at the time. And uh, we walked into the waters of baptism up in the Anacostia ward, and the water was ice cold. Now, and oh. I didn't start, but they didn't have any heat, because I guess they have the heat, the water's heated maybe on Sundays, but just, or whatever happened. And I even had another priesthood holder in the water, because Timothy being so big, and yeah. just the big part in the world, yeah. to help I know I can get him down in the water and then to bring him up in the water. And I just want to tell you what happened. So I baptized him uh, through the priesthood of God. And when he came up out of the water, he let out the biggest hallelujah. And he, this to this day, he has been active in the church. He calls people up. He doesn't swear anymore. He's not angry at life. He's like a completely changed person. Timothy McIntosh is his name, and he's the most kindest, warmest man, and he's always looking for ways to lift other people up and to help other homeless people. So that was just an amazing uh, thing that happened. I feel it's a blessing in my life. Um, I have him as a friend now, too, as well as Jim and others. What a, what a remarkable story. I'm, I'm going to mention two names to you real quick, and then we'll kind of wrap up here. One of them is Ralph Hardy, who was our stake president for many years and a very well-known member of the church uh, in the United States, in the Washington, D.C. area particularly, but beyond just this area. A wonderful, wonderful guy. He told me one time, I was talking with him, and your name popped up, uh, and he said, one of the great tributes I've ever heard, he said, you know, every time Michael Say speaks, I'm inspired. Uh, isn't, that a one, isn't that a wonderful thing to say? That is wonderful. I'll tell you one thing about Ralph. I was sick. Um, I remember back maybe 10, 15 years ago, and I was down at the beach, about a three-hour drive, and I got um, and my uh, gallbladder needed to come out. And so I was in the hospital, and my operation was at 9.30 the next morning. And this all happened really quickly. And all of a sudden, I get a call about 8.30, and it's Ralph Hardy. He drove three hours all the way down there give me a blessing before I went into surgery. And then he spent two or three hours with Francis in the, wait, in the waiting room with her. And what a great man and a wow. wonderful. That's a, gr he, that's a great know, story. Go ahead. No, that's a great story. Uh, that's just what I wanted to tell you about him. I just love him. And uh, I love you too, Alan. You're, I know. Well, I, we'll come back right, to that in a second. <laughs> I, I know you do. I got to mention one other name to you. Um, one of the guests I had a few episodes ago on here uh, was Clayton Folger. And Clayton was involved with a gentleman who was an Uber driver. It's one of the episodes we have where it, I interviewed the Uber driver, and that was one episode. And then a little while later, I interviewed the Folgers because they were involved in that process. You mentioned to me early on when I asked you about the idea of doing this interview, you mentioned Clayton's name and how, how he had been helpful to you. Is there anything you want to say about Clayton or how he was involved in the process? Yes, he was just wonderful. He was our bishop at the time when Johnny died, when our son John died. He planned the funeral. He was uh, at our home. He was just, he just loved us unconditionally and has just been a great example in my life. 
time. And he's done many missionary people. We work together sometimes when we find uh, people in common and uh, just to share the, the gospel with them. But he is so Christ-like and such a wonderful man. And now he's our new temple president. So it is so exciting. All right, I got one last thing I got to close with because it's the very thing you opened up with. When you got on this call tonight, one of the first things you said to me was that you loved me and you loved my family. And you repeated that again about two minutes ago. And I just want to tell you, you're the first business person that I have been in a business situation with where I heard you tell employees that you love them. That stood out to me because I've been in business a few years and I've never heard anybody say that live to other employees, but you do and you do it all the time. Here's my last question. You have a remarkable sense of love for other people. I think it's a gift. It's, it stands out, and it's wonderful. How did you develop that, or is there anything you want to just tell people about the, the power of loving somebody else and what that does in your life? Yes, I, I get a lot of this from my mother. You know, I've got to give her lots of credit. Um, but I think that uh, when we were in the pre-existence waiting to come down here to this earth, I think that we were, were all brothers and sisters. I think we felt a love for each other there. And I think we missed that love here. And I just realized that we are all equal in God's eyes, that he loves us all equally. And I just look at everybody I meet as a brother or sister, you know. And Good for you. I just have love for them and, and family members. I mean, look at you as family too, Alan. You know that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Well, I, I've got to, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to do this, to be a thank guest you. on the podcast. I'm, uh, I can't express enough uh, how much I admire you. You know that I love you. I think you're a terrific example of why I started this podcast. And thank you for taking the time to join us. And I, I, I can't thank you enough. I look forward to seeing you really soon. Thank you, Alan. Love you and love all the listeners, too. Thank you. God thanks, bless you. Thanks, Michael. Love you, too. Have a great night. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.